I pray that on Julie as well, on her shoulder. God, we pray a supernatural healing on both these ladies right now. Touch them where they're at. I pray for a, not only a quick recovery, but no residual pain, no issues afterwards. We thank you that you're the God that heals, and by your wounds, they are healed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Randy, here we go. I just got a couple other things. One is we have a lot of stuff in November and December. I'm not going to announce all that because we got time for it. But if you pick up a bulletin, it's in there. It's on the screen up here. And then I only have two other things. One is October 29th, we have appreciation Pastor, Pastor Appreciation Sunday. So come that day, and if you know in advance, you can either give him a card, or um, I will say it, he probably wouldn't, but cash is accepted for anything. I mean, uh, preachers, don't, preachers don't talk about money because it turns people off. I'm not running for anything, and you didn't vote on me for anything, and you can kick me out if you want to, but I can stand up here and talk about money. So anyhow, go ahead. Uh, bring what you want for him on the 29th, cards, money, uh, food. He's a, he's a shotgun shooter, so he'd, he'd take a new shotgun or something like that, you know, just, just whatever. And this is not just for him, it's also for his wife. And it's also for Julie, too. This is all our pastors. We're appreciating all of them, okay? So uh, the only other thing I have is remember Sunday night and Wednesday night, if you have offering, put in, a, put in the uh, containers outside. But on Sunday morning, we do the offering, and that's what we're going to do right now. So, guys, y'all come on. Let's do the offering. Okay. Usually you guys have to listen to me pray or something or other, but we're going to have a rare treat today. We're going to let our pastor pray, and then he's got something else he wants to do too. Here you go. Hey. I had my head bowed already. <laughs> Father, we're reminded in Scripture where Abraham took a tenth of his offering to Melchizedek, the king Melchizedek of Salem. We know, Lord, that Salem was Jerusalem, and I believe that Melchizedek, Lord, was a pre-incarnate Christ that he gave of the plunder that he won, and he gave it to you. So, Father, we give back to you our tithes and offerings. We don't do it out of obligation, but we do it with a cheerful heart. And we do it because we want to expand the kingdom. We want souls to be saved and lives to be changed. So, Father, we want to give back into your kingdom this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So since Robin asked me if I would be willing to lead songs for you on September 3rd, I remember because it was my birthday, um, 
I've been praying over the songs to do. So over the last six weeks, God has placed these specific songs on my heart. And also, while praying <clears throat> about today, I asked God if He has anything that He wants to communicate to you. Uh, and I believe that He gave me a, a word for you. Now, I, I do want you to know that what He gave me uh, was before the, the war in Israel. Um, it was earlier that week that, that He kind of dropped some of what to say. And I'm just, I'm amazed even more so at, at His word. You know, we are in a heavy time in our world, uh, especially as believers, as believers of the Bible. Uh, we are living in a chaotic time. And this, what he gave me was, before, again, before the war started. I don't, I don't know if I have ever felt more division, hate, and discord. And sometimes if you allow yourself to think about everything, you can certainly feel like hiding under a rock somewhere and just waiting it out. Uh, but there, but there is what he wants you to know that we are called to be a light in the darkness. We are called to be salt to a world that's yearning for more. We are called to proclaim hope to the hopeless. We are called to proclaim Jesus. So let's focus our attention on our home, our true home, heaven. And when we're, we're going to sing some songs about the hope that we all have and look forward to Jesus's triumphant return to take us home. So Father, we thank you that you know everything, that none of this is, that is happening in the last 10 days, you're not surprised by any of it. It's all predestined. God, and we thank you that you are in control that you have control, you have each of us in the palm of your hand. And we're gonna sing to you today. We're gonna sing about our home as believers. We're gonna sing about our Jesus and his triumphant return. See you. 
Everybody will be happy. 
over there. Shall 
to read a scripture to you while we get ready for our next song in Revelation. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. It's Revelation 22, verse 12 through 13, and down to 17, it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, and we are that bride, and we say, Come. Let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts, Come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. And then the very end, the very, <laughs> I love that this, this is the very end of Revelation. This is, this is just our beginning. He who testifies to these things, talking about Jesus, says, surely I am coming quickly. And we all say, amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Even so come, Lord Jesus. We are your bride and we are here and we are waiting for you. Jesus. 
be seated for a second. Before I read this scripture, I want to remind you um, we are living in what the beginning of what we call the birth pains. I do believe we're living in the last days. How many of you would you agree with me that we are living in the last days? The technology's here, all the signs are converging. Um, as we were worshiping, it's interesting, she shared some scriptures. Stephanie shared some scriptures from Revelation, and the scripture that came to my heart is the one that we're going to come back with him in. I want you to listen to this. Because right before this, in chapter 19, he talks about the wedding supper of the Lamb. Then in chapter 19, verse 11, it says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he, makes, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were flowing, uh, following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written. And I want you to hear this. King of kings and Lord of lords. Guys, that, yeah, give God praise. You and I are the armies of heaven following behind him on white horses. Dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Here's our hope. We have a hope that the world doesn't have. Now we need to share that hope with the world until he comes back. But we have a hope that he's going to give a shout. And with the, he's going to come down with a loud command with the shout of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. And those who are his children who are, uh, who are dead in Christ will rise first. You and I will be caught up with him to be with him forever in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And I kind of messed it up a little bit, but you all get my point. That word caught up means harpazo. And it literally means in the, the Latin Bible is raptui, which means the rapture of the church. Guys, everything that has happened in the worship this morning, I think God wants to remind us that he is coming back and he's coming soon. So that was my sermon. I'm going to turn it over to the guy that's here this morning. But before I do that, I want to say thank you, Stephanie. You did a wonderful job. And thank you guys for filling in. And God is here this morning, and so I want to invite Kirk up here, and his, oh, i gotta, I got to dismiss the kids. I get so excited sometimes. See, you go to a minister's retreat, and you forget how you're supposed to do things, but I want to invite, I want to invite Kirk up, and his wife Carla, and Caitlin, Caitlin and Caleb are here this morning, and uh, uh, Kirk is one of our missionaries that we support. And uh, I want to share some things, but I don't want to share too much because he's going to share a lot, and there's some things that have changed. So they're ministers, and they're uh, church planting, right, in, in England, uh, which is a place, if you don't know, the United States is following suit with England. Uh, we happen to always follow uh, Europe, and Europe now is like one, between 1% one and 3% born-again Christians. Scotland, and this was back in 2005, Scotland only had 3% born-again Christians. So they need to be reached for the gospel. 
So what he is doing is we're inundating England and Great Britain with the gospel. And I don't know if you know the Great Awakenings, but they, also, they always started in Welsh and Wales and England, and they came over here to America. So what we start praying for there may happen here. So I want to pray for him this morning. Father, we lift this man up as he shares the word. He's one of our missionaries that we support. God, I thank you that your anointing is on him. It won't be with eloquence or wisdom, but it will be with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. I pray, Father, that hearts will be open, minds will be open, and that the hearts of men and women this morning in my heart will be soft for the seed of the Word of God that will be planted and germinated and will grow. And we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Man, thank you, Pastor. And what a privilege it is to be here this morning. We are Kurt, Carla, Caleb, and Caitlin Ford. Yes, that's all with K's. Uh, and it goes much further than that. It actually goes back three generations. Back to her father uh, and her sister. And her sister uh, married a man with a K name and had three girls, all with K's. Uh, and so uh, we are the K's. It makes it much easier to sign Christmas cards. God bless you, the K's. Uh, we, uh, we've been serving in Spain the last four years, and up until um, COVID, we were serving in media ministry. Um, if you, I don't know if, if you guys remember or not, but uh, I've dealt with chronic migraines most of my life, especially from the time that I was in Russia uh, up until, well, up until today. Uh, but uh, God revealed some things to us uh, during a time in our lives that we really weren't sure where we were going. Uh, we expected big things. We were excited about what was going to happen in England, but things didn't necessarily work out the way that we had it pictured. Anyone else ever been there? You've, you, you have big, big ideas. You have big dreams, but for some reason, God's plan is a little bit different than ours. So this morning, I want to look at some scripture uh, in Genesis chapter number 37, verses 5 through 11. Uh, if I think of anyone at all that had big plans, that had big goals, that, that really kind of had a dream that was set out before him, I think it would be Joseph. Joseph was a dreamer. So this morning, I want, let's, let's look at his story a little bit. Uh, in verse number 5, there say amen. 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 I got one person with me. All right. Uh, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were buying sheep of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheep rose and stood upright while your sheep gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of the dream and what he said. Verse number nine says, then he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today. God, I thank you so much for your word. God, I pray throughout the remainder of this time, that's what will be spoken. God, is your words and not mine. Lord, I ask for your anointing. I ask for your presence. Holy Spirit, go before us and open our hearts and, uh, to what you want to do this morning. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. May of 2018, we landed in Madrid, Spain. We landed there with a two-year-old and a three-year-old. We had a double stroller. We had car seats. We had I don't know how many bags. We finally meandered our way through the Madrid airport, which if you've never been there, is absolutely huge uh, to try to get through it. But we finally got our way through it. We went into temporary housing there in a village where we were wanting to live, a village named Los Hueros. Uh, and in this village, it's not easy to find a house to live in or to, to rent. They, most of them want to sell. Uh, not very many want to rent. It's kind of a vacation village. For uh, the people in Madrid, they'll come out there and live during the summer and go back to Madrid during the school year and live. But this is where we were at, and so we had to go into temporary housing until we could find a house to rent. And it didn't take long for me to uh, have the first confession of my dream. And it's this. If you're going to live a God-sized dream, it's probably not going to happen the way that you have it pictured in your mind. In Genesis chapter number 37, we, we saw that, that God gave Joseph a dream. And I think if you were to ask Joseph today, did that work like you had it planned, like you had it pictured in your mind? I think he would say, no, I don't know, not at all. Same with us, shortly after we landed, shortly after we got there, things didn't necessarily go the way that we had it pictured. See, we got there, and, and while we were in temporary housing, we... Uh, we were waiting for, for one to uh, for a house to come available, and and while we were waiting, we would talk to people, and you just really had to know someone in order to to have a house to rent. And my brother and I, we had met, uh, met a, a family, and uh, there was a house that was going to be coming up towards the end of June, and so uh, we made uh, plans to to try to rent that house. and And as we went through the house, and we got to the point of signing the contract with the owner, and it just didn't feel right. It just really felt like we were settling, like it wasn't exactly what God had for us. And, and I shared it with a, with a lady that was there at the office where I was working at, and, and she rebuked me and said, how could you do that? It's, that that's just selfishness. You wanting to wait for something else. Your, your kids and your wife, they need a place to, to, that they can plant down right now. And, and I shared it with my wife, and she said, if you feel like we're settling, then we're not going. We are going to wait and see what God has. And it wasn't but a couple weeks down the road before another house became available. And, but the problem with this house is they wanted to sell, not necessarily rent. They had a missionary couple that was in there at that moment, but they weren't wanting to put it back on the market. But their names were Safa and Christina. And Christina woke up one morning and said, Safa, I don't think we should sell our house anymore. So to be exact, I think we should rent it to this couple and their kids and not only rent it to them, but rent it to them for less than what we can actually get just to make sure that we get them in the house. And we were excited because here it was. We had been in the country less than a month. God had already provided a house. God was already moving. This was going to be a great, this going to be a great term. It was going to be a great term for, for what God was about to do. But our rejoicing turned to mourning very quickly. Two days in the house, one of the first pieces of furniture that we had ordered came in, and that piece of furniture was my daughter, my daughter's toddler bunk bed. I, I was a new parent at the time, and I, at the time, and I had an idea. That said, "Dear, let, let's get buy my daughter, our daughter, a toddler bunk bed. She can sleep on top. She can sleep underneath, or, or she can play underneath, and we can keep the floor clean." I've since learned, nothing keeps that floor clean. But it was a thought. It was a not a good one, but it was a thought. 
But she came in, my, my daughter came in to see her new toddler bunk bed at the time of day that a very important matter has to be taken care of in Spain. From two to five every day in Spain, there's an important matter that has to be taken care of, and it's called siesta. Everyone needs their siesta. To be exact, our hairdresser would not even book an appointment after 1.30 to make sure that she got out in time for siesta. And my, my daughter came running in her room to see her new toddler bunk bed just in time for siesta. And she scurried up the ladder and, and she laid down. And, and my son's room was just perpendicular to it. So my wife could sit right there in the corner and be in both rooms at one time. My son came, got up and came and asked my wife a question. And in the amount of time that it took her to answer that question, my daughter went from a prone position to setting up on the rail to falling off onto a hard floor, fracturing her skull, breaking a bone in her ear, and began pouring blood out of her ear. I grabbed an interpreter, and we ran to the hospital. And, and when we got, him to, got her to the university hospital, they were putting IVs in. They were running tests. And, and it didn't take very long before they came and said, this is more than what we can handle. We, we need to send her to a neurological intensive care unit in downtown Madrid. And, and it's so urgent that we get her down there that, that we can't let you guys ride in the ambulance with her. And so they took her down to the, uh, the children's hospital with a neurological intensive care unit. And only one of us could be in there at a time. The interpreter had to go home. And, and we would sit there and we would watch the doctors and the nurses come around. And, and they would talk and they would, and they would discuss things. But you can imagine how much Spanish we knew at the time. We knew we'd been in the country all of a month and a half. Now, Yo Quiero Taco Bell was about all we knew. And, and there really wasn't a Taco Bell around. So it really didn't help us at that point. But we sat with her, and I remember one time, close to midnight, my, my daughter was in her bed, and I guess the nurse noticed that I was just kind of distraught and just kind of leaning on the bed. And, and she came over, and she dropped the rail, and she picked my daughter up, and she put her in my arms. And, and I began to think, you know, this must be how God feels when his kids are hurting, when they don't know what's going on, when things aren't happening the way that they think that it should. She says, just get in my arms. Let me hold you a little while. Let me take care of you. Let me provide for you. Let me show you that it's all going to be okay. The next morning, the doctor came in, and praise God, she spoke English. And she shared with us what the fear was all night long. Evidently, it was something called, a, I believe, a, it's called a hematoma. It's like bleeding on the brain, something like that. Uh, and they weren't sure how that was going to actually react. They weren't sure how that was going to get out. But the doctor shared with us. She said, that's not a problem anymore. Your daughter had tooth put in a year ago. That tube allowed the blood to drain out. It's no longer an issue. There's no ear damage. Can I tell you, we didn't know how it was going to work. It didn't, wasn't going the way we had it pictured in our mind. But we had a God that was driving the caravan. We had a God that was sitting beside us in the pit. We had a God that was right beside us. And he took care of things. Can I tell you today, you may feel like you're in a caravan, not sure which direction you're headed. It may feel like you're standing, sitting in a pit and, and you feel like you're all alone. But can I tell you, God's sitting right beside you in the pit. He's driving the caravan for you. He's sitting next to you in the jail cell. He's allowing things to happen for you in your life. He's preparing you for what he has for you. He can use your circumstances as stepping stones to prepare you. Can I tell you, God's got it in charge. God's in charge of it all. And he's going to make it work out to his good. Shortly after Caitlin's fall, I 
I passed out on set, was later diagnosed with tachycardia, and we were in and out of the hospital and the doctor's office so much that first couple of years that we jokingly talked about starting a hospital ministry from the inside out. <laughs> and if you're starting from the inside out, you're spending a lot of time in doctor's office. And we were, and, and it came to February of 2020, and, and our area director came to us and said, man, you guys have been through so much. We need you guys to take some time and, and get healthy, both mentally and physically, so that, that you guys can be healthy to minister. And, and what he suggested wasn't something that we wanted to do. He, he suggested a, a sabbatical, and I don't know if you know anything at all about a sabbatical, but to ask a minister or a missionary to go on one is kind of like putting a child in time out. They don't like it real well. But we agreed, and, and we went on this sabbatical, and, and shortly after we began our sabbatical on March 1st of 2020, the rest of the world joined us. And during that time, God began working on our hearts. He began working on our minds. See, those chronic migraines I was dealing with, he showed me that the, the major cause for, for most of them was screen time. Three hours on the computer, and I would have a migraine every time. If I stay off the computer less than three hours a day, I have less than five migraines a month. And so that put us into a time of praying. Now, now what do we do? We're working media ministry. How in the world do we continue working media ministry on three hours a day of computer? That's like a drop in the bucket. And so God put church planning on our hearts, and, and as he put church planning on our hearts, I, I began working with a coach, and I began working with different people to create a plan. That leads me to confession number two. Doing God's will your way is not the same as doing God's will his way. See, God doesn't call us to accomplish his will for him. He calls us to accomplish his will through us. The difference is ownership versus stewardship. And I can say that now because I had taken ownership of what God was putting in my heart to, to plant a church. And, and I created a business plan, exactly how we were going to bring the team together, how we were going to disciple them, how we were going to uh, evangelize, how we were going to plant the church. And I even had plans to plant five churches, not one church. But can I tell you that plan is sitting in storage in Spain right now? Because, see, that was my plan, not God's plan. God's plan was, was much different than mine. It was, it was much bigger than mine. God's plan was, was to prepare us for, uh, for church planting while we were in Spain and, uh, and for the God-sized dream that he had for us in England. We thought we were preparing there in Spain as we went on staff with IC Madrid, and, and we thought originally that we were going to plant the church right there in Spain, and, and the pastor that we had made the, all, the, all the plans with left Two months after we made the plans, he left the field. And I talked to the new pastor and said, are we still going to do this? Are we still going to plant this church? She said, not only are we not going to plant it, but even if we did, we wouldn't plant it there. And we left Spain not having a clue what the world we were going to do. See, we thought we had a plan. But it was my plan. The first two months of my generation pastors and people would ask us what what are you going to do when you retire we look at them and say we don't have a clue but if you've got a word we'll take it but we don't have a clue 
And it wasn't until August that God really began opening the doors towards England and we really began to see why God was, had prepared us the way that he had. We, we met with our missions, uh, district missions director and trying to figure out what the path forward for us was. And we had several options, several different uh, things that we could do. One was go to Scotland. Another was uh, leaving AGWM completely and, and starting an international church in downtown Oklahoma City. And as we share, no, no, that's not going to work. No, that's not going to work. No, that's not, that's not what you're going to do. Finally, the last thing that we shared was, what about if we do a church plant in England? There's a lot of Russians there. My, my wife is 95% fluent in Russian. To be exact, I, I have to take the moment to brag. She reads the Bible in three languages. I read it in NIV and English version. One day, I, I'm looking forward to getting into the New King James, but right now, I just stick with those two. But those languages that she knows, said, what about if we were to plant it among the Russian people there? So that might be an idea. That might work. What, but would you guys be okay not knowing for sure until next spring? And I looked at him, and, and, I, and I lied. I'm sorry, Gary, if you're watching. I lied and said, yeah, I'm okay with that. And I wasn't, but it wasn't until January that things really began to come together. See, we had the privilege of meeting with the Great Britain Assemblies of God in January of last year. And no, it's January this year, right? Yeah, January this year. Wow. Uh, January of this year. And we shared with them about our heart for church planting. And they shared with us about their vision to plant 400 churches in about 2028. Can I tell you, God's dream is much bigger than our dream. God's plan is much bigger than our plan. And when we yield ourselves to do God's plan his way, the results are exponentially larger than anything we could possibly imagine. Right now, God has called us to a place in, in southern England where it's 72% atheist and agnostic. He's called us to a place that 20% of the, of the population there identifies with the LGBT community. To be exact, it is the unofficial LGBTQ community for all of England. The last two years has been named the most godless city in England. This is a city where Satan has had a stronghold for 200 years. This is a city that desperately needs to know who God is. This is a city that desperately needs to understand who their identity is. This is a city that, that God's just got to show up and show off that, that we can reach people that no one has to perish and everyone has a chance to make heaven. England. It's the eighth most non-religious country in the world. England has 11 Christian atheist churches. Well, I'm sorry, atheist churches. England today is a far cry from where they were. C.T. Studd, one of the great missionaries that came out of England, he has this quote that says, some wish to sit within the sound of church or chapel bells, but I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. I seriously doubt he ever thought he was talking about his own country, his own area. But right now, in that very place, that place that has such history, George Whitfield from the Great Awakening came from England. John Wesley came from England. Uh, Hudson Taylor, C.T. Studd, all came from England. But... There's so much history right now 
especially down in the Brighton area. It's not that they've never heard of Jesus, but Jesus is no longer relevant in their lives. Can I tell you, Satan has a stronghold. And until we're willing to do it the way that God wants it done, we're not going to reach this city. God's got to show up or it's not going to happen. Can I tell you today, God may have put a dream in your heart. He may have put a plan in your mind. He may have put something, burst a word into your heart. But until you're willing to follow God's way, it's not going to happen the way that you think it should. But can I reassure you, even though it's not looking the way that it should in your mind, God's still got it under control. Confession number three. When all else fails, trust. Trust in the one that gave you the dream. Trust in that he who began a good work in you is faithful. Trust in the word that he's put in your heart, regardless of if you're in the jail cell or or the pit. Trust that God can use every one of your circumstances for your good. Can I reassure you that God has a plan and he has provisions made for your dream. He has a path made for it where he wants you to be. He's just wondering, will you trust me long enough to get you there? Please know that that God's plans are perfect and when everything else looks dark and everything looks impossible, trust in the one who gave you the dream. He's moving you closer to the palace. He just needs to know if you're willing to trust him long enough to get you there. Sometimes things look awfully dark. Joseph was, what, 13 years, I think, 17 years, something like that. Found himself in a pit shortly after he shared his God-sized dream. Then he found himself in a caravan, not sure which direction it was headed. Then he found himself in a jail cell before he ever got to where God wanted him to be. No matter where you're at this morning, God is with you. He's beside you. He's leading you. He's comforting you. He's guiding you. He just needs you to trust him long enough to get you through it. And I'm closing right now. If I can get someone on the keyboard or something, I'd appreciate it. After the four years that we had, we were not real excited to leave, but... We were wore out. We were tired. And so we went to the airport with our 15 bags. And we checked up in. And we got through uh, security and time to, to have lunch. And it's a good day when you get through security and time to have lunch. And we got back to the, to the boarding gate. And they shared with us that there was a small issue with the plane. And they were going to feed us another lunch. And you always know how bad the problem is by how much food you get. (laughs) They gave us a quarter chicken plus fruit plus veggies, drink the whole bit, and then sent us to a hotel to spend the night. We came back the next day. One line said, my wife and I were in two separate lines trying to check in. One line was saying the flight's going to go. The other one said, no, it's not going to go. And... Finally, they said, okay, it's going to go, and I think they did it just to get rid of us. 
And so we got back through security and we got back to the gate and evidently there was an issue with the with the, one of the emergency lights and they couldn't get it fixed and so they decommissioned the planes and this time they gave us a different message. They said, we're going to send you back to the hotel tonight but buenas suertes, good luck. Good luck finding your way back to the States. Good luck, you're on your own. Now they did book us a flight on Saturday. This was on Wednesday but they did book us a flight on Saturday just to make sure that we could get out but we had plans we had plans to get back to the States and, and go through MR. We had plans to, to begin our generation. And so I got on the phone with American Airlines, and I was trying to find us a way out. And while I was on the phone with American Airlines, I'd, I would go on hold and come back off a of hold. And you know how it is when you're on the phone with the airlines or customer service, you're kind of on hold, then you talk, then on hold, and you talk. And every time I'd go on hold, I was, I was praying, God, where in the world are you right now in the middle of this? God, we're wore out. We're exhausted. Where in the world are you right now? And this lady came back to where we were. And she looked at it and she said, are you guys the missionaries? I said, yeah, that's us. She said, everyone's worried about you. I said, thanks. We're kind of concerned too. She said, well, do you mind if I give you your kids some candy? I said, no, absolutely. Uh, just keep them quiet. And so uh, the, during this time, she's feeding the kids candy, and I'm still on the phone with American Airlines, and I was trying to book a flight from Madrid to Mexico City in order to get back to Dallas, in order to get to Oklahoma City. It was, it was a long ways around. It was a long ways out of the way, but it didn't matter because it meant that we could get to where we were trying to go. And while I was trying to book this flight, my phone went dead. Because, see, we were supposed to have left 24 hours prior. Our phone plan ran out. And so I went over and I talked with this lady that was feeding my kids candy. And she shared with me. She said, I'm a Christian. And I just feel like I need to give you this. And she gave us a love offering. And, and it helped us through the next few days of expenses that, that we had to be there in Madrid. But she went even further than that. She, she walked with us because we didn't have any phones. She made sure that we stayed together. She helped us collect our bags. She helped us out to the bus. And at one time we were... Uh, we got separated, and so she sat with the kids in the bags so while Carla came back to find me. And once we finally got together, we got on the bus, and we got down to the, to the hotel, and we had dinner with her. And, and she was sharing with me. She said, you know, I, I once attended Owasso First Assembly. Right now, I live in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. See, it's only God that can take someone from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma and put her in an airport in Madrid, Spain, just to let me know that he cares, just to let me know that he's right there beside me, just to let me know that he's still providing. Can I tell you the same God that did that is the same God that can provide for you right in the midst of what you're dealing with right now? Can I tell you right the same God that, that puts someone from, from Broken Arrow into the Madrid airport can put someone right in the middle of your path? just to show you I've got it under control. But the question is, can you trust him long enough to get you there? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I, simply, I simply want to ask a couple of questions. And it's this. Maybe you're in here and you've, you've never placed that kind of trust in anyone. Maybe one time you had a relationship with Christ, but that's been a while ago. But today, you want to, see, you want to re make that relationship right again. 
You want to put your trust in him again. You want to make him Lord and Savior once again. If you're in this place and, and that's you, just slip a hand up and write back down. We're not going to go much further, I promise. Anyone at all, say, oh, that's me. I need to put my trust in Jesus Christ tonight. I need to put my faith in him. Okay, here's my second question. Maybe you're in here today, man, you've been going through a battle. You've been going through a war, whether it be health or financial or whatever it might be. But right now you're saying, God, where in the world are you? God, I need you to show up right now in my circumstance. God, I need to know where you are right now. You're here. Just slip a hand up and write back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else said, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Anyone else said, yeah, I need you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else said, yeah, that's me. I need to know where God is right now. I need God to show up in my situation, my life. Right now, I need to know where God is. Just slip a hand up. Thank you. Is there anyone else? So that's me. That's me this morning. Okay, in the Bible, it talks about three strands of rope. He said it's much stronger than it is one strand. So here's what we're going to do. If you raise your hand for any one of those questions that I asked, I'm simply going to ask you to stand to your feet. While every other head is still bowed and every eye closed, would you stand right now? If you raise your hand for either one of those questions, would you stand right now? Thank you. They're standing everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? said Maybe you, you meant to, to, maybe you are asking that question, but you didn't raise your hand, but there's still time. Right now, if you need to know where God is, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. Is there anyone else that said, yes, that's me. I need to know where God is. Okay, just a couple more seconds. Is there anyone else that said, I need to know where God is right now? I need God to show up in my situation, my life. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to build that three strands of rope. So everyone that has their eyes closed and their head bowed, I want you to look up and look around. I want you to find someone who's standing and at least two people be with each one and begin to pray with them, begin to intercede with them that God will show up in their situation, that God would come through and, and where they need him to be. There's a young lady right back here if I can get someone to pray with her. I got a couple more right over here. Can I get someone else to come back here with this lady in the back? Jerry, would you join Pastor back there with, with the lady standing up? Sure, everyone's got at least two. Okay, let's pray. Father, God, you are so good. God, Lord, you provide in so many ways. God, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us, God. God, Lord, that you're with us in the middle of our struggle. You're with us in the middle of the victory. You're with us in the middle of the pain. You're with us in the middle of the caravan, God. God, Lord, I thank you right now that you have never left us. But God, Lord, I ask you to show up right now in each and every one of these situations. Father God, Lord, I ask you right now to begin to show up in the lives right now. Father, I ask you right now to begin to intervene in the things that people are dealing with. 
God, I ask you right now that you will show them that you're right there with them. Lord, I ask you, Lord, for a Holy Spirit hug for each and every one that has stood. Father, Lord, may they physically feel the hands of your uh, in their chest as, as, they, as you show them that I'm right here. I've got you. No matter what you're dealing with and going through, I've got you. And I'm going to take care of it because you're my child that I love. I will provide for you because you have trusted in me. Right now, God, God, do your work. And throughout this next week, Lord, God, Lord, as they continue to walk, God, Lord, I ask you to reassure them one more time. As Satan comes and and tries to put pressure and, and tries to discourage once again, God, I ask you to show up one more time. And just reassure them that no matter what it looks like, no matter how dark it appears, that Sunday is on its way. And you're about to show up that you're going to come through in their situation. That you never left them, that you're still with them, that you're walking with them. God, thank you that you love us so much that you would provide for us, that you would care for us. And God, Lord, thank you for being so incredibly awesome, Lord. God, I thank you and I praise you. need some prayer this morning let's just take a moment Father we want to be in your presence right now we just praise you, we glorify you we thank you for this word Father you care about us As Kirk had said, Father, you care about every problem and every need in our life. You even care about the small things that we don't even recognize sometimes. You have all the plans and details lined out. You say in your word, a righteous man's steps are ordered to the Lord. And many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord determines his steps. So, Father, we we together from the word that you spoke through Kirk this morning. We yield to your plans, your desires, and what you have for each and every one of us. And God has a plan for each and every one of us this morning. So, Father, we yield to that plan. We yield to that plan. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. I want to take up a love offering for the missionary. Uh, this morning Um, listen this is not about money if you can't give don't worry about it just pray just pray for them if you want to give you're welcome to we're not pushing that so I understand you understand it yeah Um, 
But if you do make out a check, make it out to the church. That way we can give it to them just to bless them. Look, the Bible says don't muzzle out the ox while he's treading out the grain. And that was the Apostle Paul. Yes, he did tent making, but he also mentioned that. And that's not to make you feel bad. You know I'm not that type of guy. I'm not going to do that to you. But I do want to take up a love offering for them this morning. Father God, we want to give back into your kingdom. Lord, we don't give to get, but we know that that's how you work. And we want to give into your kingdom. They're going there to to reach the lost in a very dark area. But God, you want to bless them, and we want to bless them. So Father, bless what we give to them and multiply it so that they can do what you've called them to do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. collecting that. I, I want to say thank you again to Stephanie this morning. Thank you for filling in. You did a wonderful job. And uh, Can we give her a round of applause? And, and I'm just thankful that Julie knew somebody to fill in because I didn't know what I was going to do and I'm not a singer. If I would have sang, y'all would have been taken over for me. So, But uh, it's just been a blessing. Guys, again, I want to thank all those that again that did all the work. Listen, the only thing I helped with a little bit was a, a few of the pews last week, but I was in a minister's retreat this week, so I didn't get a chance to help them. So I'm very thankful for all those that worked here in the church to do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we want to give credit where credit's due. And I know that uh, we don't want to let our left hand know what our right hand's doing, but I want to recognize those that do a lot of the hard work in this church. And so, guys, we love you. Bless you. Don't forget, we have a Sunday night service tonight. And all the floors are done, so there's no excuses, right? I got a few laughs out of that one. So God bless you. We'll see you later. Have a wonderful day.